On this week's show, three wins out of three to start the scaffold season, but Corinthian boss Michael Golding isn't getting carried away. Will we have enough to, to challenge the playoffs and the top boys? Possibly not as the season goes on and they get into their rhythm and go strength to strength. But we enjoy being the underdog, we enjoy that challenge. And we hear from New Herm Bay player coach Liam Friend, who tells us all about their start to the season and how they just weren't at their best on Saturday. Delighted to get the two um, last-minute two last-minute goals to get the point. Really pleased with the point, but um, yeah, performance wasn't wasn't where we wanted to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. Uh, we've just got a couple of interviews for you this week, as we're all out of kilter due to our talisman being away on holiday. And as we'll learn, Dover didn't react well to being abandoned either. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who seemingly is in the majority in a firm belief that Wolves shouldn't have had a penalty on Monday night. Not online now, in the absence of a depressed Dover fan, we've got, well, a depressed Dover fan. Teacher, quiz master extraordinaire, and definitely not the best footballer in his relationship. It's Tom Bird. Thanks for filling in, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I, I'm not too bad, John. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about Dover later. Uh, but uh, the sun's shining. It's cricket week from a cricket club. So no, uh, apart from apart from football, all's good. Are you still doing the quizzes, or was that just a COVID yeah, thing? Yeah, no, I didn't no I'm, I'm still doing them. I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be writing writing one later for tomorrow. Ger- Matt, your your good friend Matt gave me a question for last week. See if you you can answer this. Why do you have the wedding ring on that le- that finger on your left hand? I put that in the quiz last week. Uh, that's a very good topical question. Uh, 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 um, is it to do with like that your right hand would be the one that you traditionally would punch with? <laughs> no, it's all to do with the vein in that finger goes to the heart. It's far more romantic yeah. than your uh, than what you're thinking, John. Yeah. Well, there you go. That just shows where <laughs> my state of mind. It's like it's like I found out. Um, I think I discussed this on here before, but um, I found out why we drive on the right on the left hand side of the road and our um, and our colleagues in Europe decide to drive on the other side of the road. Do you know that, Tom? No, I don't know that. So the reason that we do it is because the reason that we drive on the left was so that you could keep, most people are naturally right-handed, and that meant that when you were on horseback, you could keep your whip hand free. Um, so that's why you're on the left, so that you can steer and then have your whip hand, your right hand out of the window to whip things that you needed to whip. Um, and the reason that the Europeans do it differently, the French fancied a different, uh, fancy doing it differently from us. Being a bit awkward. Of course, as they always are. Uh, anyway, it's our 260th episode this week, and apparently 260 is the magic constant of the normal magic square. It's the dialing code for Zambia, the number of goals Alan Shearer scored in the Premier League, and also, according to a wonderfully festive article published last week, the amount in pounds that the Fortnum and Mason 2023 beauty advent candle will set you back. For your £260, you will get some products from some of the biggest brands in beauty, although I'd heard of precisely none of the ones listed by this article, when they've got a total value of £1,020. Firstly, it's bloody August and I've given no thought whatsoever to Christmas. And secondly, 260 quid. Christ, Tom, what would have to be in an advent calendar for you to consider shelling out almost 300 quid on it? Well, if I've got nearly 300 quid to shell on an advent calendar, John, I'll be investing in Dover Athletic, that's for sure. Um, but no, I, I certainly wouldn't pay anything for an advent calendar for that sort of money. 300, if you gave Dover 300 quid, you could probably start, couldn't you? <laughs> You'll have to ask Mr. Palmer to that. But yeah, I couldn't believe that. 300, nearly 300. I mean, I've had I've had beer advent calendars, like craft beer ones that were 100 and 
30 but 260 quid i mean obviously it's, it's it's not aimed at me i'm guessing i'm not their target audience but still um i thought that was a little bit much anyway enough of that festive pounds. frivolity because it is still the middle of august for heaven's sake uh, so let's get on with the show uh, we're going to start in the southern Canada's east league where just two teams have got three wins out of three so far one of them is the only team not in the podcast patch fisher and the other is a team who've had a great start despite a tricky run of fixtures. Chief among them was beating title favourites Faversham on Saturday. It was important to back that up on Tuesday night and Corinthian did just that as they beat VCD 4-1 to stay 100% in the league. Here's their manager, friend of the show, Michael Golding. Yeah, I think when you uh, when you consider where we potentially could have been um, at the start of pre-season, to, to have three from three is uh, yeah, it's probably beyond what we thought we would have at this stage. Faversham on Saturday was obviously the, the, the one that everyone was expecting them to be a really good side and, and they're going to be there or thereabouts. And to beat them, you must have been absolutely delighted with that one. Yeah, really good. It was a bit of a strange game. They, they led at half-time and deservedly so. We were a bit flat or or not not necessarily flat, but we just didn't really do what you would expect from a Michael Golding Corinthian side. We didn't really make them work hard enough for what they had. Um but second half, we were going down the hill and it was a bit of a different game, really. We got on top. We started to win the midfield battle. Um, and, and as everyone knows, they've got a team full of quality at this level and, and it's a ridiculous side. But, but I felt we just got on top of them and we've hit the post and the bar. They've hit the bar a couple of times. And as the pattern of all of our games are going at the moment, it's absolute chaos and it could have easily been 5-4 to us or potentially 5 all. So we, um, I felt that we were worthy winners. I think 3-1 would have been nice. Obviously, they scored late on with, with a header, which took the shine off it a little bit. But I think, like you say, that, that was probably the result that everyone's looked from gone oh, actually, what's going on at Corinthian? And I'm, I'm still not convinced we'll be there or thereabouts challenging. I think it was, it was a great result. And obviously, we've had a really good start. But I think we've still got a long way to go. Do you think it was a good time to play Faversham while they, while they can't play at home and they're still finding their feet? Yeah, I think there's probably a bit of that. I think they'll they'll go from strength to strength. Um, I, I think, like I said, they've got an unbelievable squad. I think we, we've highlighted some weaknesses from what we'd seen in their first couple of games and we tried to play on them. Um but, but they've got the firepower, they've, they've got the financial backing to, to blow teams out of the water at this level, and I fully expect them to do that as the season goes on. And then you had to follow it up. It would have been, um, I, I know that your wife said to you, you'd still have got three points even if you'd, even if you'd lost last night to VCD, but you had to follow it up with, with, with another win and, and a 4-1 win against another team who came down with you. That's a, another good result. Oh, oh hello. Oh, you're still there, good. Sorry, sorry, mate, just completely went. I lost that whole question. Oh, uh, right, it was. Um, and then you had to back it up, obviously, on Tuesday night as well. I know that someone close to you said, well, even if you lost, you still have got maybe the number of points you would have expected from those two games. Uh, but you ended up beating VCD 4-1, so another pleasing result. Yeah, fantastic result. Probably one of the most unconvincing four ones you're ever going to see um i thought vcd were really good on the night they they moved the ball really well their front four were a real big handful um and four ones certainly flattered us and, and they were probably going away feeling disappointed not to get anything from the game um again they've hit the bar a couple of times but but you know what is we had such a rubbish season last year we, we probably deserve a little bit of luck along the way and and if we've used it up in the last two games against Faversham and VCD obviously it's not ideal but but at this stage I'm happy that I'm happy to take any kind of luck that comes our way with what we've suffered do, do you feel that you're in a better place now than you were this time last year 
do you know what the difference is? Is, is last year we had Jamie stayed and Oscar stayed, and I'll forever be grateful to those two players. They were the only two senior players that stayed. And I get all the other players leaving, financial offers, moving on. They've done four, five, six years. I, I completely get it. I've got no issue whatsoever with anyone that's moved on. But we had to rebuild a whole new team at step four with no money, with a bunch of kids that came in and tried their hardest. And I've got no issue with any of the boys that came in. But we were just not good enough. And we always believed that we'd do well and we'd get out of it. And it was just, it was always going to be hard, as everyone knows. Whereas this year, we managed to keep probably six, seven senior players. We've added another two senior players that have got experience of step four and step five. So we've therefore only had to add probably five, six, seven youngsters. And it, it's just given it a different complex. And, and I think, if we're being honest, like the, the senior players that we had at the end of last year have done a good job for us. But it probably goes to show you, we're probably, again, another great litmus test that it shows you the difference between step four and step five. A lot of managers, especially ones who don't pay their players, would say the difficulty that they have is getting a goal scorer and scoring goals. But it seems to me your problem's at the other end of the pitch at the moment. Yeah, it's a bit of a headache. We um, we, we look like we've got goals in us. Um, we've All of our front boys and our, our attacking midfielders have all got goals and assists. And we spoke about that last night. And it's not that we've just got one score and we're sharing it around, which is nice. Um, and, we, and we've got good options up there. We've got four, five, six players that can all play in those, in those four positions. And the difficulty for, for them or for me as a manager is trying to convince them that sometimes they're going to be the player that plays 60 minutes and then comes off. And as it happened against Faversham, Charlie Clover started up front and was absolutely fantastic for 60, 70 minutes. Came off, he hadn't had a touch up front in, in terms of his work rate was good. And then Amin's come on and scored a goal within five minutes. Um, and that's kind of, I think, the pattern that we'll have is we'll have boys that are working hard for 60, 70 minutes and then we can freshen it up, which we've never had. And it's pretty strange is that last year we had to work so, so hard on recruitment and, and we obviously, we were nowhere near the level across the course of the season. Whereas this year, whether again, it's the, the difference between four and five or the, the options that we've got is that we've got players that will cause other teams problems. We've got a bit of pace. We've got a bit of know-how up there. Um, but yeah, defensively, we, we certainly need to improve. We've shipped poor goals. Um, last night, DCD scored a good goal against us probably you you always look at goals and you can pick them apart and say that they were poor goals and we've made this mistake and that mistake and it was probably the first time last night that, that a team's really opened us up and scored what I would consider a good goal um, but yeah we, we certainly need to, to tighten up if we're going to achieve anything this season I suppose the biggest disappointment for you so far is obviously you're out of the FA Cup um, lost against Bedford Sports um, and now means you've got a free weekend as well is that a good thing or a bad thing at the moment? The, the Bedford result was, was gutting they um we, we should have won that, but could have, would have, should have. If you can see four goals at home, you don't deserve to win any game of football. Um, and it was just one of those days that we had both experienced and young players making poor mistakes that led directly to goals within the next couple of seconds. So frustrating, and I would back us to beat them eight times out of ten, but it's the FA Cup. They they came, they've done a job on us, and, and fair play to them. Um but yeah, it's, um, in terms of a blank weekend, we didn't get given a scaffold fixture. And you know what? It's probably not the worst thing. After a positive start, we've given the boys Thursday off. They've got Saturday off. So it's a chance to go away, recharge the batteries. And then we come in again. We'll train Tuesday, Thursday before we play Chesington in the Vars and then Snodland in the league over the bank holiday weekend. And of course, that's not a game, your first away game of the season, even in pre-season. Do you just like it at home, do you? Yeah, I've got to try and save on the petrol bill. 
Um, yeah, no, it, it's something that we've done as a club for a number of years. It, it kind of works for us in terms of having home friendly. Um, we probably we, we probably should have changed it last year and this year to have at least one or two away journey where you have to get on a coach together just for a bit of team bonding. I think where we had the team that have been together for five, six years and, and we kind of knew how we were going to play it was just rolling from one season to the next season. Whereas we, we probably could have done with going to a different ground and experiencing an away changing room and a different pitch and stuff like that. So it's... Um, if, if we go to Snodland and we win, it'll be brilliant. If we if we lose every single away game, then it's probably something that we can look at. But it's um yeah, it certainly helps with getting home in times of keeping the missus happy and getting home for bedtime for the kids. We were just talking uh, before this about how how hard it is for for, for people involved in non-league football, especially teachers, because you just wind down from one and the other one starts. How hard is that for for you? And obviously, you've got a young family as well. Does that make? I guess you're just always on the go. Yeah, I, like I said, you know, I'll never complain as a teacher about the holidays that we get. We're, we're very lucky with the time that we have off. Um, it, it doesn't quite dovetail in terms of having a complete break from school and football as the school year is finished and pre-season starting. Um, but it does allow me over this period to, to think, and I think Steve said it before, Steve King, I think you consider yourself almost a full-time football manager. You're watching videos, you're on Twitter, you're looking on YouTube, you're going to watch games. Um, you then throw in a young family that you've got to try and keep happy and you've got holidays and stuff like that. And there's different demands. But but yeah, it, it's just the balancing act. It's the same, I would imagine, for anyone in any walk of life, in, in the jobs that they've got, whether you're working in the city and trying to get out early to get on the train to get to away games. It, it's just something that we do. We all love the game um, and we all do it for that reason. And just finally, obviously, three games in, it's far too early to say anything, but, but where do you think you, you, you're realistically going to be finishing come the end of the season after this start? Obviously, the start's good. My, my worry is that it's potentially a bit of a full storm. We set out at the start of the season, as I do every single year, even last year when we knew it was going to be tough. We want to be, I'll always say we want to be competitive. And what that means is that we want to be challenging towards the top end of the table. Now, we know at Scaffold, as everyone knows, there's a ridiculous amount of money, which I don't mind. It's part and parcel of football. Um, but in terms of us, yes, we want to be competitive. Yes, we want to, to be challenging for those playoff spots. But I think there's a, a number of teams that will be saying exactly the same thing, and, and rightly so. I think for us, what, what I looked at when I got the first three fixtures is that I, I thought we'd had got a team that were going to be at the top, one team in the middle, and one team that I thought would be towards the bottom. Um, obviously, we, we've done well, and confidence is building. And as I was saying earlier about signing players, it's just one of those that when you're at step four, and I thought it's a platform for people to come and play, and you're losing. No one wants to come and play, particularly when you've got no money. Whereas now already you won three out of three and the phone was ringing last night and again this morning with players saying, oh, is, is there training this week? Can I come in? So I, I think I think we'll be able to strengthen at the right times and we'll always be loyal to the players. Um, the, the playoffs will always be the aim. I think we've got, we've got deficiencies that will make that tough for us. Um, and again, I, what I don't want to say is, oh yeah, we're, we're happy to finish 12th because we won't be happy to finish 12th. Um, Will we have enough to, to challenge the playoffs and the top boys? Possibly not as the season goes on and they get into their rhythm and go from strength to strength. But we enjoy being the underdog. We enjoy that challenge. Um, we enjoy playing the, the Faversham's and the Scotland's and whoever else is spending the money to get out of the division and pitting out pitting our wits against those. So, yeah, we, we won't rule anything out. We obviously want to get into the playoffs. That That's the ambition. But, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think as the season 
peters out. I think that the, the bigger teams, the Favisham, Whitstable deals, I fully expect those three to be challenging for the title. Um, and then after that, there's probably a number of teams that, that are in the playoffs. And, and if we can be in and around that, then that would be brilliant. I know you've not heard that yet, Tom, because I've literally just done it. Um, but I, I'm not sure even he expected to have nine points from nine. But a, an impressive start for Corinthian. I certainly didn't think anyone thought they'd be getting three points against Faversham on uh, at the weekend. So no, they, they'll be delighted with their start. And we, we were talk, we were talking off air before about you've just got to get momentum at this time of the season, and they've certainly got that. And we really hope they can can kick their season on. Yeah, I mean, Michael, obviously, he, he, as he said there, the big difference is last year he only kept two players. This year he's kept a bit more of a core of a squad. So he's been able to hit the ground running uh, a little bit more and, and, and really get going and, and they feel confident to start the season. And, and as you say, momentum and confidence is absolutely massive in football. And beating Faversham is, is going to give them all sorts of belief. And, and Faversham are playing catch up on them now. Um, you know, and Faversham have got a game tonight at Lid, haven't they? And if they don't win that, they, they, they're four points, five points behind them already at this stage of the season. And I think it's difficult, as, as Michael has said there, you know, it, it is all about how, you know, at the start, everyone's kind of just going for it. But he does still think that the big teams, the Faversham's, your Whitstalls, are all going to come through come the end of the season. And I know you're obviously um, focused on Dover a lot, but uh, I, I also know you listen to, to the show a lot. So you probably know a bit, a little bit about the scaffold. So what do you make of it? And from the outsider's point of view, it, it looks like an absolutely crazy league, doesn't it? Uh, absolutely. And, and and we haven't mentioned them yet. Deal have, have been very good the last two years and they've had a very poor start. They would have expected to be uh, to be um, in a better position um, than they're in now. And you were saying about Corinthian having a quite a settled squad and just making some additions. Deal were in the same boat and they're at the other end of the table. So it's it's it's, it's a like you said, it's a crazy league to scaffold. I think one of the things is you know anyone can beat anyone, but but the difference is between step four and step five. Because I think in step four you can never afford to have an off day, whereas in step five you can have an off day. And still pick up a result. I mean, Michael said there that they didn't play very well at all last night, yet they won 4-1. And he said VCD will be absolutely gutted because they feel like they've played quite well and they've come away on the end of a, on the wrong end of the 4-1 defeat. And, and in some ways, that makes it an even more entertaining league, I suppose. Yeah, and sign of good times for Corinthians if they don't play well and win 4-1. Can you imagine what will happen if they do play well? <laughs> well, that's a, a, a very good point. Um, you had an interesting story about Deal Town, actually, Tom, which you sent me over the weekend. Um I mean, I know it's the, the, still the cricket season. You're obviously at your cricket club, but uh, uh, that's in your thoughts at the moment as well. But uh, dual registration, dual playing of sports on the same day for some deal players at the weekend? Well, I, I have been known to play a pub football match and then play a friendly cricket match in the afternoon. But um, Rory Smith of Deal Town was playing pre- Kent Premier League cricket for Sandwich, who I think bowled their opposition, uh, Tunbridge Wells, I think, out very cheaply in 30 overs. And... Uh, then he got out himself batting at three um, and then suddenly was on the bench for deal a few, a few minutes, uh, a few, an hour or so later, apparently turned up to ground in his cricket whites by all accounts. Um, because I believe you have to submit the team list by quarter to quarter to two. And I don't think deal knew that he was available then. Um, and that some, and then I think one of the subs got injured in the warm up by all accounts. And uh, thankfully Rory was available and was on the bench and then came on after 45 minutes, but couldn't do much to stop them losing. Unbelievable. That's, that is, that is the sort of yarn that you only get uh, at these lower levels of non-league football. Um, just coming back to Corinthian as well, um, they haven't got a game this weekend because they're out of the cup. They're conceding quite a few goals, which I think is a frustration for Michael. But 
as I said to him there, it's quite nice to have a weekend this time of the season where you actually haven't got any football. You can have a bit of a break. The players aren't training Thursday. They aren't training Saturday. Gives you a bit of chance to refresh because it is so intense at this time of season, isn't it? Yeah, there is that. There is that. There is that part of it. But also, three wins in the back on the bounce, bit of momentum going. But like you said, he felt they didn't play very well on Tuesday night, so maybe it does give him a bit of time to regroup and, and get things right. Maybe you know he felt they were a bit lucky, and that luck might might have run out if they played on Saturday. So yeah, probably will do them a bit of good to um, to, to, to have to, to have a break, regroup, and, and come back even stronger when they're when they're back in the fixtures. Yeah, Glebe also a 100% record after an unbelievable comeback at Tunbridge Wells, who for the second home game running conceded twice in injury time to lose. Uh, this time going down 4-3, Jamie Philpott netting the winner seven minutes into stoppage time as his side came from 3-0 down to make it two wins out of two, having also beaten Whitstable uh, at the weekend. Also unbeaten a Holmesdale, who beat Rustall 2-0 on Tuesday, or Punjab United and Lordswood are also yet to taste defeat, but neither have won either. Although I'm sure coming from both 2-0 and 3-1 down to get a point at Whitstable will feel like a win for the Wood. Uh, all of the results from both Saturday and Tuesday night are available on the Scaffold website. There's been loads of goals, including a 4-4 draw at Sutton Athletic on Saturday. Uh, there's two games on Wednesday night. I'll add the scores of those ones in later on before attention's turned to the FA Cup on Saturday. And we'll run through all of those fixtures later on in the show. Uh, in the first division, it's a lopsided affair so far as K-Sports and Greenways have both played three times. Well, at the time of our speaking, Fabian Strikeforce, Lewisham, Byron and Staples Monarchs are yet to start, although two of those do play on Wednesday night. At the top of the pile so far, Canterbury City and Tooting Beck, who both got six points out of six, with City winning 2-1 at K-Sports on Monday to end their own 100% start. Uh, Max Morgan, incidentally, had scored four for K-Sports in their 4-3 win over SC Thamesmead on Saturday. Uh, there's a full programme of fixtures in that division on Saturday. Canterbury City at home to Whiteleaf. as Croydon against Farish and Strikeforce. FC Elmstead against K-Sports. Greenways take on Forest Hill Park. Meridian VP against Lewisham Borough. It's SC Thamesmead against Larkfield and New Hyde. Staples Monarchs meet Brydon Ropes. Tooting Beck host Rochester United. Uh, let's move up then to the National League South. Uh, well, there was a Kent derby on Tuesday night and it ended with one side collecting their first win of the season and the other suffering their first defeat of the campaign. Tommy, you were there. So what did you make of Tunbridge Angels against Dover? Yeah, I, I was there. I was there as a Dover fan. So apologies to Tunbridge, uh, Tunbridge Angels. Um, I, 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 I wasn't focusing too much on your performance, but I think you would come away probably... Disappointed you didn't win more. Uh, I, I, Dover started brightly in the first five minutes and then couldn't get hold, hold of the ball for the whole of the first half and were lucky to go in only one down at half time. Um, and then Dover didn't really come to life when they um, um, until the second half when they won a penalty. I think I was right by it and I know the Tunbridge fans didn't think it was. It probably was a it was a penalty. Um, it was a terrible penalty. Uh, and, and then Dover did get a bit of the life. Uh, but Tunbridge still had chances and, and, and the Dover goalie, Billy Terrell, absolutely superb. Um, looks a really good acquisition for Mitch Brundle. Um, kept a minute. Um, disappointed with the performance. It could it, we, Dover had built a bit of momentum. There was a feel-good factor before the kickoff for Dover and it didn't really turn up. Tunbridge were very organised, very good down the flanks. Um, I think they won't probably get much more than top half unless they can get a good strike, get a striker. And Stefan Payne, I felt, was a bit off the pace yesterday. Uh, he came off. Um, Do Dover just really looked like there was gaps in the midfield in that first half and really were, were overwhelmed. And, the, and uh, Nickarge and uh, Sutherland were feeding off scraps before Nickarge went off injury, injured. Sorry, And it looks quite a nasty injury. Could be an ACL, they're saying, but um, time, time will tell. Um, but... Um, 
you know, I, I watched Dover a lot last year and they played worse than that and, and would get and get thrashed. So to not play well and stay in the game, there are positives, but it's disappointing points because there's a bit of a feel-good factor, like I said, John, and, you know, the beats get, get rid of that feel-good factor. So they've got to follow up on Saturday with, with with a with, with a positive result in my opinion, but four points from three games. I'm sure your your good friend and my good friend Matt would have taken that at the start of the season off from the first three. That was going to be my my exact question. I mean, after pre-season, after all the comings and goings and everything like that, if you'd said to me a month ago that we'd be sitting here on the 16th of August and Dover would have four points from three games, I think I would have laughed in your face. So, you know, real positives and a good win on Saturday away from home. Yeah, absolutely, really good result. It's just a shame they couldn't build on that. But you've got to remember, most of that eleven didn't play for Dover last year, didn't play with one another. So they've still got to work on set pieces, defending set pieces and attacking set pieces. Uh, but uh, there's a little bit of hope there that you know we could fin- we could have a good season and finish mid table. I think, like I said, Tunbridge looked very well organised. Jay Saunders is a good manager. He he yeah, he he does get his sides well organised. I know they had a disappointing result on the weekend, but. They only lost by one goal to Western Supermare, who had a bit, who had a bit of a good game last night. They six one against Bath. So, it, actually, was it that bad a result for Tunbridge in the end? Because Western Supermare have started the season very well. I, I think for me, I, I've got Tunbridge Angels down as a possible could push for the for the outside of the playoffs. But on last night's show, and you're not quite so sure. I think they're very organised um, and 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 hard to break down. Um, I think. Um, they probably need an, uh, somebody. I, I don't know where they're going to. They need a bit more confidence in front of goal to convince me that could happen. But you know, they they come off the back of two. They come off the back of two uh, two defeats. So maybe their confidence was a bit shy, and they might build on last night. But I think they'll finish above Dover. Uh, Maidstone are currently cop- top of the Kent pile in the National League South after a two-one win at Braintree gave them six points out of nine. Although their weekend 3-0 loss at Bath doesn't look that clever, given the Romans lost 6-2 at home to Western Supermare on Tuesday night. Uh, Dover have got four points, as we just mentioned, having won at Slough on Saturday, while Dartford, who were beaten at Weymouth at the weekend, have doubled their tally to two with a 1-1 draw against Hemel Hempstead. Uh, rock bottom, though, and one of only three teams yet to register a point are Welling United, uh, beaten 2-1 at home by Chelmsford on Tuesday. Uh, Matt was there on Saturday as they lost to Hemel Hempstead. I felt they could have offered more, but by all accounts, they were pretty unlucky to lose uh, very late on on Tuesday night. It's early days, yes, but three losses from three is is not the sort of start the Wings would have wanted under a new manager, Tom. No, absolutely, absolutely, and and like and they're playing catch up now, and 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 then what happens if they don't win the next game? It, the pressure pressure starts to build. You you want to get those points on the on the board early, and you know. I think, let's be honest, John, you probably thought you'd be saying about a Dover after three games, didn't you? You would have expected three defeats. At least they've got a bit of breathing space now. Welling haven't really got any breathing space after three defeats on the trot. No, exactly. And they've got a uh, another long trip uh, this weekend. They go to Taunton. Uh, Tumbridge Angels also heading out west. They go to Chippenham. Darfur at home to Farnborough. Dover are at home to Braintree. And Maidstone also going west as they head to Yeovil. Um, Braintree are, are always a, a tough side, Tom. Will, will you be there Saturday? Um, uh, probably not. Depends on on the weather. Uh, but I I saw Dover beat Braintree last year, and Maidstone beating Braintree. I think it's a game we've got to at least aim for a point, if not more. Um, you, you know, suddenly that good start to the season, two defeats on the on the trot, and we're playing Worthing soon as well, who who has started the season really well as well. Then suddenly that feel good factor that's around the club, it's back to that sort of doom and gloom that Matt was at the start of the season when he was t- talking about Dover on the pod. So I think Mitchell really 
Mitch Brundle will really want to follow up with a with a strong performance. I think they're probably if Nick Arge is out for a while, they might look to bring bring a striker in, possibly on the loan market as that opens, I think, soon. Um but yeah, um I, I, I'm not worried. I don't think David will get relegated, John, from what I've seen in, uh, to, uh, out of the two games I've seen this season. I suppose after being so close last season, that's, that's probably a, a good start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, let's move up to the National League now, where Ebbsfleet made it two wins from three as they bounced back from their weekend, lost to Solihull with a victory over Aldershot, and while Bromley are off the mark after hitting back to get a point at home to Wealdstone, having lost to Barnet on Saturday. Uh, you probably got great memories of Dover doing well when they got promoted. Uh, Nebsfleet doing well so far themselves. I, I, I think uh, I think Nebsfleet will get in the playoffs. Actually, John, I, 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 I think they're they're an organised side. They've got they've got they've got investment if they need it. I, I, I it's a, and it's been a good start. Two, two, two wins from three. I, I, I think I think I think I think we'll see them in the in the playoffs. Uh, and they go to Gateshead this weekend, which is which is a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, long long journey. Gateshead, it's a bit of an inconsistent start. I think it, is it one one lost one and drawn one? Is it Gate, did I see for Gateshead? So um, you you don't know what you're going to get really at Gateshead. Uh, Bromley meanwhile go to Kidderminster, newly promoted Kidderminster, um, and Bromley have, have been frustrating so far, I guess, because you know they're they're they've done so well the last couple of years, uh, playoffs, FA Trophy win. Uh, just the one point from three games. I mean, they've had some tricky fixtures to to kick off, but I'm sure Andy Woodman will be disappointed. Yeah, no, it's, you 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 want to get that first win under the uh, uh, under your belt at early doors, especially that that club. Like you said, they they've done really well the last couple of seasons. They they'll be high expectations at Bromley. It's a good setup there as well, and, and they won't want to be at the bottom end of the table. And they need to start winning to to, to move up. Uh, let's head to the Isthmian League South East now, which got to a cracking start of the weekend with loads of late drama chucked in as well. Uh, Seven Oaks won the Big Kent Derby with a 4-2 win over Ramsgate, with Solboff and Daniel Carr netting late on after the Rams, who'd had Lee Martin sent off, had come from 2-0 down to draw level. Cray Valley were 3-2 winners at Sittingbourne, Hightown thumped his Grinty 4-0. Oh, well, Ashford were our only other winners on the opening weekend with a 1-0 win at Irith and Belvedere on Sunday. Sheffield United drew 2-2 at Broadbridge Heath. There were no goals when Phoenix Sports hosted Chichester. Beckenham beaten 2-1 at Littlehampton on Sunday and that just leaves with Herne Bay who were 2-0 down going into stoppage time at home to Burgess Hill. But Gil Carvalho and Archie Burnett struck to give Steve Lovell a point in his first game in charge. Among Steve Lovell's new look team is his player coach Liam Friend and I'm delighted to say that Tom did not turn up empty-handed and he caught up with Liam earlier this week. We're pleased with the point, definitely. The We, we wasn't particularly pleased with our performance. During pre-season we played really, really well. Um, we, we was quite happy with you know all of our games bar one, I think. Um, looked good going forward, looked solid defensively, um, pressed well, passed the ball well pretty much for the whole of pre-season and then we didn't do those things very well at all on Saturday. Um, we're delighted to get two um, last-minute, two last-minute goals to get the point. Really pleased with the point, but um, yeah, the performance wasn't wasn't where we wanted to be. But you, we, you think you're better than what you showed on Saturday? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I think, um, like I say, we're Burgess Hill were a good side and played well. Um, do you think them having two competitive games in the FA Cup before you even? Kicked the ball competitively, gave them an edge. Potentially, um, it's something that you could say could say change it because they were they were a bit sharper than us. They it's hard to tell if we let them play or they stopped us from playing. Sort of, you know, whichever way you look at it. But yeah, the first first and foremost, we have to look at ourselves. We weren't 
particularly pleased with how we how we started. Other than the first 93 minutes of the game, we weren't particularly happy with, but the last two minutes we were absolutely delighted with. And it shows some character in the side, doesn't it? That when times are tough, you can dig in and dig deep. Absolutely, yeah. The I, I think character, maybe fitness as well. Uh, not that um, not that they're still weren't fit, but I think it shows the legs that we've got. Um, present company excluded, obviously, <laughs> in our uh, in our team. But um, we, like I say, there was character shown. Really, really happy to get. It felt like a win afterwards because of the dramatic sort of goals that we got. But if we uh, not talking about points and just talking about performances, then we do feel like there's there's more to come from us. And talking of more to come, what's the expectations for the season? We're we're not setting out any. We're going to come here. We're going to do this because I think there's so many sides in the league that have bigger budgets or sign players from this division or from that team or pay transfer fees and things like that. Whereas we're trying to be as competitive as we can. Um, we're definitely not sort of the the big fish in the league, but. We've got a good side and we've got some good players, so we 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 we'll look to sort of take it one game at a time. I know it's a bit of a cliche and a bit of a boring answer, but it's 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 what we're doing. We're, we are a brand new team, so to make sort of silly statements straight away would be setting yourselves up for fail, really. And looking ahead, you've got a Bedfont Sports Club in the FA Cup pre- preliminary qualifier, I think it is, uh, on Saturday. Um, one in the run in the cup? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's all, all clubs at our level could, you know, it will help the club with the prize money on offer and, and, and just the experience of doing it as well. So it will also help us playing some games, getting some extra games in to, to sort of settle us down as a squad, maybe. So, yeah, looking forward to it. It's uh, it's always nice, the, you know, cup runs and who you can get and where you can do. I think we're only. 13 games from Wembley so we oh, yeah I'll go back to the old cliche one game at a time <laughs> so hopefully it's 12 more after uh, after Saturday and a new ground for you in your long career have you ever played Bedford Sports Club before I don't think so I might have played them at home some for Folkestone maybe but that was so long ago that I've uh, yeah I can't really remember but I've definitely not been to uh, their their uh, their stadium no so another one I can tick off and uh, you're in the capacity of player coach this season what 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 does that differ to what you've been in the past um, little little changes, um, more conversations sort of away from football with uh, the management, Steve and Mark. Um, but to be honest, they're, they're pretty set in their roles. You know, Steve's the manager, Mark's the assistant. Steve does a lot of coaching still um, anyway, but it's, it's nice to learn from someone with so much experience on that side of things to, to sort of see, see how he does it and, and how he sets up his sessions. And uh, is that a stepping stone for your future? Are you hoping to maybe go into managerial roles when uh, when it's time to hang those boots up? Absolutely, um, I, something I I would like to do, and I'm, you know it is something I consciously wanted to get into as a you know at the moment a, a first team coach um, to 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 start the journey. I suppose I still want to play. I've still got a, a couple of years in me. I think. Um, although if you'd watched me first half, probably you'd disagree that you saw uh, that I'd have a couple of years in me. But um, yeah, still, like, I'm, I'm I'm not in a rush to to stop playing because I still really enjoy it and, and look forward to it each Saturday as it as it comes. But something that um, as the as it goes on, I'm I'm looking forward to getting into. Yes. Uh, thanks for that, Tom. Interesting to hear from a, a, a legend uh, in Kent football in Liam. Uh, I think Herne Bay will do okay once they've settled, and, and, and Liam sounds pretty positive about that as well. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 he uh, he he was disappointed with the team's performance. Uh, I, I've been talking to him throughout the preseason, and he's optimistic. But you know, I think 
he's they're, they're being very level-headed they're not setting expectations just take one game at a time see what happens they're realistic it's a new team um and go from there but I think he feels they have potential to really kick on once they started to gel I suppose it's hard, isn't it? Because obviously you haven't been relegated last season. Um, people, you, you do almost feel like there's a little bit of a target on them, I suppose. But this isn't the team that w- was relegated. This is a complete fresh start. It's, it's, it's a new beginning under a new manager, an experienced manager. And, and the team looks to me to be a mix of, of youth and experience. Yeah, no, absolutely. And also a manager who 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 did well in that league last year before leaving before leaving at Christmas. So he probably feels he's got a point to prove as well as Steve Level. And he's got together a, a, a new squad. I think they still need a, somebody who's going to sort of get them tw- 20 goals a season uh, in there. They've got a lot of pace in their team. Um, with the exception of Liam, I think they're quite a young team as well. Um, if they could, and it, it, It's a, lo- a lovely pitch at Herne Bay as well. Um, it, but and 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 the 3G does generate money as we know for the, the other clubs. So if they can get that stri- striker, they could they could be up there challenging for for playoffs. And obviously Liam was was at um, Folkestone for years and years and years, and since then he's been a bit more of a nomad, hasn't he? He's been a, he's been he's been around a little bit uh, in Kent circles, but it seems that he's taking the steps towards what he's going to do when he's packed up playing as well. Yeah, there the were rumours circulated on the Ashford um, fans pages that he applied for the job. I don't know whether that was true or not, but he did say in the interview with me that you know in the future that is somewhere he would like to go. He is a he is a coach uh, as a uh, with, with, he, he coaches he's a sports coach in his day job as well. So he's clearly got those, those sort of ambitions, and I think he'd make a good manager when the time is right. And I think. Learning the ropes from somebody like Steve Lovell, and like he said in the um, interview, he's worked under some really good managers in his time as well. So he, he, I think he can take a lot of a lot, lot, lot from them really when when the right job comes for him. It's interesting, isn't it? You say about him being a sports coach in his day job as well. It seems to me that, and this is the, the case of Michael Golding as well. You know, that people who work with with youngsters seem to be well suited to being football managers. Do you think that's the case? Yeah, I, I think I think it's perhaps that 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 maybe the temperament. They don't get you, you when you work with youngsters. You, you've got to stay in control and not get too carried away. And and that's and that and I think that's the beauty of football. You know, me, me and Matt when Dover lose, we're, ruins our ruins our day, ruins our weekend. Whereas actually, as a manager, as a leader, you can't. You've just got to move on to the next one and 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 that, that's and not show too much emotion. I suppose that begs the question, Tom. Why, why aren't you a manager? Uh, I, I, I got sacked from the uh, Crown and Scepter after my one season. <laughs> um, the FA Cup this weekend for the teams who've made it through to the extra preliminary round. Uh, there's some really interesting ties in here. I hope you're listening, Tom, because we're going to ask you to pick some out in a second. Uh, Ashford are at home to Beckenham Town. It's Beerstead against Southall. Herne Bay, as we've heard, travel to Bedfront Sports. Uh, Irith Town go to Burgess Hill. Kennington go to Cobham. East Grinstead against Hythe Town, as you will have heard earlier on, Hythe Town beat East Grinstead 4-0 in the league on Saturday. Irith uh, and Belvedere are at home to Stansfeld. Faversham will finally get to play on their new pitch as they host Merstham. Uh, it's Lordswood against Cray Valley PM. Lidtown against Deal Town. Ramsgate are at home to Bexhill United. Uh, Seven Oaks take on Colliers, Wood United. Sheppey United are at home to Midhurst and Eastbourne. Snodland Town host Chertsey Town. And we finish with another Kent derby, VCD Athletic against Whitstable Town. So what stands out from, for you there, Tom? I felt like I was playing a generation game there, John, having to... Uh, but no, I, I think it's got to be Faversham's return to, uh, with the new pitch laid. I think they're, they're, they're trying to 
uh, be a community club and, and I think they'll be trying to and it's the FA Cup everybody non-league love the FA Cup so they'll try to get a few through the gate on Saturday so I think and they want to bounce back from um, last Saturday's defeat so uh, Faversham stands out to me uh, that that'd be that'd be a, a good one to keep an eye on and also Ash, Ashford Ashford Town have had a good start to the season and, and, they're, and they're full of confidence so uh, I think they'll, they'll, they'll want a little bit of run and also these clubs they they need they they want that success to, to generate to, to generate income that can then bring in players later on in the season. I mean, I look down this list and actually I think there's some there's some quite friendly ties there. I mean, we've got a couple of teams that are, are, are away to higher level teams, but do you know what? I, I look down and I actually think we're going to get quite a few teams uh, going through. Obviously, we've got a, a smattering of Kent derbies in there, so we've got Ashford against Beckenham, Irith against Stansfeld, Lawswood against Cray Valley, Lid against Deal. And um, VCD against Whitsall. So that's five teams guaranteed to go through. But I, I can see most of the rest of these probably giving it a good shot. And, and the Faversham ones, interesting, obviously, they've been relegated um, and they play a team at a step above as well. So that, that's a really big game, that one, as you said there. But for me, uh, I'm out, I'm available on Saturday, so I'm out and about. And I'm going to head along the coast and I'm going to go and see Lidtown against Dealtown. All scaffold tie, Lid's se- second ever FA Cup tie, a deal town side who haven't made a great start in the league. I think that's all set up for a cracker, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. De- De- deal um, um, will have a point to prove. And, I, and you win Saturday, John. You're only one win away from playing the likes of Dartford, Dover, um, Welling. And, and, and that, could, that could be a good payday for the clubs as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, can you imagine if Deal Town got Dover? I mean, that would be the the, the great. I mean, they get a thousand there for a pre-season. Imagine what that would be like in a in a full game. Yeah, no, I, 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 absolutely. Uh, there'll be a there'll be a fair few through the gate there. Yeah, and, and obviously the FA Cup is as, as you said earlier on. It, it's great for the players and it's great for the clubs, isn't it? And and you know this stage of the season, you still got hopes and dreams and ambitions. You know, there's there's nothing to say that what well, happens seems to happen every year. One team who's playing this weekend in the FA Cup. Will probably reach the first round proper, won't they? Uh, it would be brilliant. You hope so, anyway. I, I remember a few years ago when uh, when Andy Hessenthaler first came to Dover, and there was a lot of positivity around the club, and we drew Hive, and we lost to Hive, uh, uh, as though uh, uh, and um, and there was a lot lot there that day, and and, and it showed, uh, and it can happen, and. and um, there's a lot of money involved, and if they do get to the first round proper and get the right draw, the TV cameras could be down there. Absolutely. By my reckon, Hyde Town still the last team from outside the top two divisions uh, to reach the first round proper from Kent. Uh, but uh, that was a few years ago now. Um, but they did uh, they, they did very well uh, that year. And I, I would love, we always say this, Matt, and I would love someone uh, to do that this year. Uh, we've got one last division to check off, uh, and that's the Isthmian Premier League. We've already two games in. Uh, Chatham Town have taken to step through like a duck to water. Two wins out of two to start. They beat Bogdan Regis 1-0 on Saturday. And then they won a thriller at Folkestone on Tuesday night. Jamie Yiller getting the late winner after Ira Jackson also levelled uh, in the 90th minute. Uh, Margate had beaten Whitehawk on Saturday. It was 4-1 at Hornchurch on Tuesday. And Folkestone were four new winners at the weekend at Wingate and Finchley. And Craig Wanderers began with a 1-0 loss at Lewis. But uh, Chatham Town, Tom, I, I don't know if you've been following that story closely, but... It's not a massive surprise that they've started so well at, at step three. Do you think they can carry on and, and keep going? Well, they'll want three in a row, won't they? Um, yeah, I, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. There's no doubt about it. And, and obviously, I suppose you've seen 
how they built the stadium up. They've got the nice pitch down, everything like that. And, and the crowds they're getting, you know, I, I'm, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here when I say that as a Dover fan, you must look at Chatham's crowds and think we'd like a bit of that. Absolutely. And actually, you know, if they're getting the crowds in, they, they, the crowd deserve good football. They deserve winning football, don't they? And, 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 you know, uh, they got a good win last night at Folkestone. I, I, you know, Folkestone probably got the result of the weekend for our Kent clubs, I would say, with their 4-0 away win and then uh, didn't follow it up. And Chatham, Chat, Chatham will be delighted with their, their six points from six, from two games. I think, I think that's the thing. I think, and, and the thing is, is for the, for Chatham Town, the two teams that they've beaten are established Eastern Premier League teams. You know, Bognor Regis yeah. have been in the level above, but now they've come back down. They've been in this league for a few years. Folkestone have been playoff challenges ever since they got promoted. And, and for Chatham to come in and beat those two, confidence must just be flowing through their veins. Absolutely, and and they want to build. They want to build on that. They want, you know, you start looking at the league table probably mid to end of September, and, and Chatham will want to be up there around there. You can't really make make head nor tail of the table at this time of the season, but you don't really want to have no wins after two or three games. So to have two wins under their belts, that'll be a good start. It's a good start for them. That's the thing. When you're a promoted team, I know everyone's probably got different ambitions, but when you're a promoted team, your first aim is to get enough points that you'll be still in that division. And Chatham have already ticked off six, and I think that's the perfect start for them. Uh, this weekend, they travelled to Chessant, who were relegated last season. Margate also on the road, so they go to Concord Rangers. Cray Wanderers are home to Billericay Town, uh, and Folkestone and Victor host Enfield. Uh, Cray Wanderers as well, um, they play on Wednesday night time, so I'll be adding that in very shortly. Uh, but big news for them this week is they finally started work on their new stadium as well. And that's going to make a massive difference to them. Yeah, it's been a long, long time, hasn't it? Oh, I think they've been they've been in and around for... for they've certainly lived up to the Wanderers nickname, haven't anyway. Yes. I, I've only ever seen them play at Hayes Lane, uh, Cray, in, in the Bromley, uh, Brom, uh, Bromley's ground. Yeah, and I think, I mean, ever since we've been doing this show, I remember, I think it was the first season that we did the podcast. I went up there one Saturday afternoon and they were launching the plans... Uh, for this stadium at Flamingo Park and and you know and they were all so proud of them and I spoke to the chairman that day and he was like yeah it's going to be brilliant and here we are what seven years on and they finally started the work and and that, I think the hope is that by the turn of the year and um, the ladies team and, and some of the youth teams might be playing there and by the start of next season all of the club will be there and you know having uh, they I'm sure that Bromley have been wonderful uh, landlords for them and, and it's all gone really well but having your own stadium a base to call your own and, and everything like that just makes such a difference doesn't it oh, absolutely uh, and and well you look you look at Maidstone uh, how how much they kicked on when they moved back to the, when they got the Gallagher and, and they just flew up the leagues didn't they yeah, absolutely. And Craig Wanderers, obviously, with Neil Smith, have got the potential. Um, we'll find out now, actually, uh, how they got on on Wednesday night. So I'm going to hand over to myself later on for Wednesday's results. Yeah, well, John, thank you very much. It wasn't the uh, the best night for some of our teams on Wednesday night. Uh, Craig Wanderers now two defeats from two uh, after a 3-1 home defeat to Horsham, uh, which a disappointing result for Neil Smith, especially on such a great week, as we've just discussed with the... Uh, with work on their new stadium beginning. So, yeah, they'll be really disappointed with that one. Uh, in the scaffold, though, uh, deal are off the mark after a thrilling 3-3 draw at Snodland Town. Lots going on there. But result of the night, Lidtown 4, Faversham 1. That's back-to-back defeats for Faversham, the title favourites. And Lidtown newly promoted. What a result that is for them. A 4-1 win. Uh, absolutely fantastic result for them and sets it all up nicely for that FA Cup tie on Saturday. 
Lidtown against Dealtown. Going to go to that one. Really, really looking forward to it. And also, just in case you want to talk about the Lionesses in a bit, you might do. Didn't they do well to get to the final? Sunday against Spain will be the final. That'll be a tough game because Spain are really good. But so great to see Beersted's own Alicia Russo scoring the goal that booked the spot in the final. And didn't she take it well too? And also, I've got the feeling that you've made it so you've got to say something funny now. You knew you were going to be tired when you were recording this bit. And so you are. It's very early on Thursday morning for someone who got in at one o'clock last night. And here you are trying to make yourself laugh. Well done you. Thanks a bunch, pal. Oh, well, thank you, John. Yeah, lovely. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> Always make myself laugh. That's uh, part of it. Um, so before we go, um, Tom, I hope you've come armed with some TV recommendations, as your good friend Matt Gerald always does. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, am I allowed to say a, a streaming service? I'm a huge Apple TV fan, John. I'm sure right. there's other other fruit out there. and, and yep. But but the, we're watching, uh, me and the other half are watching uh, Blackbird at the moment. I don't know if you've uh, heard of that. Uh, it's very good. It's about... Um, it's a true, based on a true story. An inmate uh, um, offered um, re- early release of his sentence, about eight years early release, um, if he can get a, uh, conf- uh, get the whereabouts of some dead bodies uh, oh, from a serial killer, which very good. Um, I also finished Tom Holland's Crowded Room. Um, I, I really would. It's, it's, it's a slow burner, but stick with it. It's excellent. I don't know if you watched either of those, John. And obviously Hijack, which everybody's talking about. I don't know if you've seen that one. I haven't seen any of those things, but uh, Hijack is definitely next on the list. So at the moment, um, my um, lovely fiance, we are watching Ted Lasso. Uh, I've already seen it, but she's watching it for the first time. But we've hammered through that uh, in a couple of months. My my, my, bro- my brother started Ted Lasso this week. He's been over to stay, so I've been watching some of the old the old episodes. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's so good, and I, you know, um, Fee doesn't like football in the slightest, but she can still sort of sit and and think. Do you know what actually? It's uh, you know, it's a good quality program, and 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 you know the characterisation and everything like that. Because you get people say, oh, I don't like football, oh, I don't want to watch it, blah, blah, blah. but actually, it's not about football, is it? I mean, if you're being if you're being really honest, some of the football stuff is pretty shonky. It's cringy, um, but, the football <laughs> stuff, isn't it? Well, and uh, funny enough, we've got back up to the first episode of series three again. Uh, that was what we were watching uh, the other day, and like how they're all getting so upset about. Everyone's predicted Richmond to come twentieth. Oh, like it's the worst thing in the world. Like predictions matter. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They'd bloody hate this program because we'd be just slagging. We'd be saying, "Well, they might not win the league," and it'll be like, "Well, the, the Ken Only podcast says this." The Ken, and you know, so there are parts of it that are very much like actually the football stuff is is nothing to do with it and and i think people do appreciate it for the for the brilliant program uh, that it is. Um, we're talking to Michael Golding early on about. Um, how he's a teacher and he's a, a football manager and other things never kind of align together and everything. How's your summer been, Tom? Absolutely fantastic so far, John. I've two weeks in Crete. Uh, then I had a week last week pottering around and then this week I'm doing a little bit of bit of. Um, we've got a summer club at my school, so I'm in in for a couple of days. Uh, Liam Liam Friends Company uh, uh, is helping as well. So we had George Nicarage on Monday, so I chatted to him a bit. He, he's 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 really buzzing about Dover at the moment. Probably not so much today with his injury in last night's defeat, but he was very optimistic. He'll be gutted as well because he told me he was the penalty taker, but he was off the pitch. Um, and then and then next week I'm off to the end of the fringe. So, oh wow! Yeah, so look 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 looking looking forward uh, looking forward to that. Um, and then trying to catch some Dover games when it aligns. And the uh, the Ashford United women's team. I know you're a big fan. Uh, when does their season start properly? I think I think it's first game Sunday. Um, they, they haven't. 
they uh, they haven't got their first home game for a few, a few weeks because of the pitch situations. They got promoted last year. It's it's a big step up. They played Chatham, which was formerly Gillingham Ladies at the weekend in a friendly and lost four one. So the the other half wasn't too downhearted about that. But they only finished playing in about um, end of May June, and then suddenly the season started already. So I think she feels she hasn't probably had a rest had a proper rest yet from football, and then they're they're back into it. Um, I think. They'll probably take staying up this season and maybe another cup run. Uh, but they had a brilliant season last year. Um, and it's, 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 let's hope this season isn't a bit like after the Lord's Mayor show for them. What, what's the standard of football that, you're, that your other half plays? Is, is she a good player? Yeah. Um, so they, pro- it, they they would be in the equivalent of the National League, although it's not national. But they're, they're, they're four promotions away from playing uh, Women's Super League. Wow. Um, so now, now, um, but I think there is a big step up now from going from tier six to tier five. Um, they play some good football. There, there's a couple of players, a, a couple of the girls have uh, got some really good, good players. Quite a few of them are now coming into their thirties, so probably won't get noticed by the bigger, bigger clubs. But there's a couple that are in their early twenties. You think if, if, if they get a the lucky break, they could make it. And it's, it's a big, big game for the England women team later, in an hour's time. Of course, yes. Well, I, I might even chuck the result of that in as well in the in the bit earlier on. But yes, it's a uh, and women's football is, is is really growing, isn't it? And I suppose you know we had we did have um, some chat about Gillingham ladies last year when they or now as they are Chatham Town, and, and you know and, and the, the sport is growing and, and the the women's World Cup is only going to help that, isn't it? At the end of the day, John, for me, I think I I, I love football, I love cricket, I love sport, and 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 that, and that really kept really helped me growing up um i used to love look forward to the weekends and that and actually now they're really working hard to make sport available for everyone i think everybody can benefit from the rewards that even if you're not very good you know you can still do a podcast about a football club um you know you can still get enjoyment out of sport even if you haven't got quite got the ability as i always say the reason that i became a sports journalist was when i realized i was never going to be good enough to play football professionally I thought I'd want to write about it. I hope Matt Gerald is well. I hope there's been no beach ticks or anything out there uh, in sunny Cyprus. Um, thank you very much, Tom, for for filling in for him this week. Um, I'm glad your mum hasn't come to interrupt us as well. No, no, she hasn't yet. <laughs> it was a genuine fear that Tom's mum may get involved in the podcast. She'd have been welcome. Uh, we're a show for everybody. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's show. You can find us on social media, on Twitter at, at Kent NL Podcast or X or whatever it's called. The links were... Twitter, now they're X. I don't know. It's Elon Musk's thing. You know, the one that used to be the bird, now it's an X. That's the one, at Kent NL Podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Nonley Podcast. Also search for Kent Nonley Football Chat, which is our chat page. Uh, then you can find us as well on Instagram, at Kent Nonley Podcast, and on Threads as well, if I ever remember to update either of those two. Uh, I'm at John Pips 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, Tom, you're very quiet on social media, aren't you? Yeah, I'm boring. You don't want to follow me. Yeah, no, your lot tend to stay off it, don't you? So, you know... Um, when I say you a lot, I mean teachers, not, not <laughs> nothing about your personality. Um, but yeah, thank you, Tom, again, for joining us there. Thank you to our, our two guests for their time. Uh, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Now, as you regular listeners will know, if I finish and I say thanks, and we'll speak to you next week on the Kent Only Podcast, Matt Gerald will say something witty or funny. If I try and summon the power, I wonder if we can hear from Matthew Gerard just to hear his voice before he's back next week. So let's try it. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast. Matt? I hope he's got his factor 50 on. Thanks to Tom for stepping in this week for the pod. I'm just off to the pool again. Beautiful day here in Cyprus. Results not too bad for the White so far. 
Kent Football looking up. Cheers again, Tom.